Halo, halo, Sacred Icon listeners. We used to do ads for other people, but I decided, why don't we do one for ourselves? Whether you're here listening to us for the first time or you've heard every episode, I'd like to briefly tell you what we're about and how you can support us. We have been doing this podcast since 2019, and with that has come lots of changes. We started as a primarily Halo-only show, but have evolved, combat evolved, over the years to talk about a wide variety of things in the realm of nerd culture. As you can imagine, we've made numerous changes to our platforms, usernames, and emails over the years, so now is the time for me to set things right and give the Covenant back their bomb. You can join our Discord by clicking the link included on our podcast feed. You can also send us an email or a voice message at sacrediconpodcast at gmail.com. We have a YouTube channel at youtube.com slash sacredicon, and we no longer use Twitter or X or whatever else the kids are calling it these days. So if you see someone who looks like us there, just know it's not us. Lastly, you can support us on patreon.com slash sacredicon and receive a bevy of bonus content. We're so glad you chose us to be the voice in your ear on this particular day and hope you enjoy the episode ahead. I don't enjoy hot takes, but I acknowledge that this is one. I've been playing games for 25 years. This obsession with Halo Infinite to provide more content right now baffles me. It launched with a campaign and a multiplayer mode. If you've played all the game has to offer and you feel you are bored or have nothing left to do, play a different game. This tweet does not exist to defend a corporation. They decided to release the game when they did. They decided to call it a live service title. They decided to leave series staple modes like co-op and forge out of the game at launch to come in a future update. They have to deal with whatever scrutiny comes from their decisions, and that is fine. However, the obsession from fans on the daily to mock, meme, and beg for new updates is unhealthy. We know what's currently in the game and what is not. It has been said thousands of times, and it does not need to be said anymore. Things will arrive when they arrive, regardless of whether or not you are happy with how long it takes. There is a degree in which a series should be held to a standard of what has come before, but it's also unfair to compare Infinite to every Halo title that came prior. It is its own experience, and despite how disappointed you may be at missing features, it launched with plenty to justify its existence as a complete product, like any other title on the market. The TLDR 343 isn't perfect, but good lord the fans are not either. This tweet isn't directed at the makers of Halo, it's directed at the fans who need to take a breath, play something else, and wait patiently. I prefer the industry dropped its obsession with games that never end. Like any good film, these products deserve a beginning, middle, and end. That being said, updates will come. In the meantime, we live in a world filled with limitless entertainment. Choose something else. Halo, halo, everybody, and welcome back to the one and only Sacred Icon Podcast, where we talk all things Halo, and sometimes a little bit more on those oddballs, but this isn't one of them, guys. We're back like a butt crack on this most sacred Saturday and we're happy to be here with episode 108. It sure is great. Please, let me stop procrastinating. That didn't rhyme like I thought it would. It sounded better in my head, but I'm going to keep going with it. I'm your host, Jovial Joshua Hargis. And goddamn, it is nice to be here. But join with me, because I'm not alone. I'm not doing this by myself. It's your other host, my buddy, my pal, my friend, the Horizon... Forbidden West. I almost forgot the name of the game. <laughs> to, uh, uh, shit, I don't know. I ain't got nothing. Uh, the, the Cyberpunk 2077. One, patch 1. 1.5 update. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, it's Brian Arvett. Brian, what's up? Guys, 
As you can tell, I'm coming in hot. That was a cold open for our podcast. I, we might have done that before, but I'm not sure. Cold open, cold swinging. Brian out here with a big ring dinging. Yeah, yeah. It's, I, I, it's, I'm the Pete Davidson to Josh's Kim Kardashian. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, guys. Yeah, that was my tweet from uh, from Twitter, guys. I'm just I'm just gonna come in hot with this. Let's just talk about it, Josh, and then. Uh, Josh and I are going to talk about a little bit of this Halo stuff, and then we're going to move on to some other things going on in the industry that we're kind of excited about. But man, am I just absolutely just sick and tired and exhausted by the Halo community. And when I say that, let me preface and say, you know, you listening, you're probably part of the Halo community. You're listening to a Halo podcast. So I'm not calling you out. I'm not calling any specific person out. You can... Uh, Make your own joke. More Twitter. So it's more Twitter. Let's be real. It's more. It's mostly Twitter, and and even if you're on Twitter, like I'm not calling you out specifically. It's just you. You know who you are. You know if you if you feel like you're somebody who's uh, a little bit uh, toxic with things, or if you're somebody who's level headed, you you can make the decision for yourself. I'm not calling anyone general, but man, you know me and Josh have been in this community for uh, over two years doing Sacred Icon, and uh, man, it's just the community is so exhausting, so exhausting, man. And, and you think there's going to be. Uh, light at the end of the tunnel is going to be changed, but I feel like since Halo Infinite came out, it's kind of worse than ever. Um, and to go back <laughs> to what my tweet said, um, you know, some people are misreading the tweet. So, what's up, Josh? <laughs> so it's kind of worse than ever. <laughs> it is. It really is. I actually think the community is like worse right now than it was when we started over two years ago and Halo Infinite was nowhere near coming out. Because mm-hmm. uh, at least there was hope to, hope and optimism then, but now everyone's just like, oh, everything's terrible and, and nothing turned out the way I wanted. Um, but let me just clarify. Uh, Halo Infinite, it launched with issues with uh, BTB and desync issues, and there's no co-op campaign, and there's no Forge, and... There's they have uh, the the progression issues and the store and stuff. Halo Infinite has real problems. It has had them in the past. It has them currently. It will have more. Uh, I'm not excusing the lack of forge or co-op. I'm not patting three four three on the back. I'm not saying that I'm a three four three stand and I'm not shilling for them right now. Uh, those are real problems. I'm not. People are going. They're jumping to the wrong conclusion with what I'm saying here. What I'm saying is these things have happened. They are happening. It is a matter of fact. It is life. People have told them that they're not happy about this, this, or that. They've responded many times. It's been put out there. Obviously, you all have the free will to do whatever you'd like, to complain as much as you want, to be as awful as you want, to be as toxic as you want. I can't stop you. I wouldn't stop you if I could because it's your free will. But I'm just like, I just think it's pointless and immature. And I honestly just, for adults, I just don't understand like what kids are kids or teenagers I, I get it a little bit more because I was like that but for adults especially people that are you know <laughs> they've been around for a while been around the game industry for a while I just don't understand why they haven't accepted the reality of life just doesn't go the way you want it to you know like it, it applies to gaming just as much as it applies to, to real serious issues like death or health or issues or whatever um you know things happen and you just have to deal with it sometimes you can't change it you cannot. It doesn't matter how much you want it to be different, how much you muster up the the courage to do something. Sometimes you just can't help it. And I understand that some people are very disappointed with how Halo Infinite launched and how it is currently. And they've said that they need change. And, oh, my gosh, it's been months. We, we don't have new content. When's new content coming? I'm not saying those complaints aren't fair. They are fair, actually. And I agree with most of them that, uh, you know, that it's content light and stuff like that. But, but man, what, what else is there to say at this point? You know, like when it happened, when they get the stuff out, 
when they decide to update us, when they decide to release updates, when they decide to launch the next season, co-op forwards, all that stuff, it will happen when it happens. And I know there's somebody out there saying, well, Brian, if we just keep applying the heat, applying the pressure, that's going to make it happen quicker. You can have that opinion, but personally, I don't agree with that opinion. I don't think that helps. I think there's been a clear movement to say that there's problems and they want these things fixed. I think they're aware of them. I think they will. I don't think hammering over the head, being disrespectful, all those things uh, daily is going to improve uh, the game getting done faster. And you got to look at it like this, guys. It's like it's Microsoft who owns Halo and owns this company, but there's individuals making this game and they come to work and they do their job. I mean, what what are we really hoping for here by continuing to badger uh, the developers, the company over and over again. Let's like, I honestly, like, do you want, do you want Microsoft to force all their staff to crunch 50, 60, 70 hours a week to get you updates quicker? Because that's the only thing I could see coming from continuing to badger them. Like, do you want to pressure, pressure the higher up so much to get the studio to force them to work more hours? Cause I don't really know what you can expect of a individual developer working full-time, especially if they're from home or whatever, other than to just dedicate their entire life and soul to updating your game. It's just one game. There's a million games out there. We live in a time where there is so much content that I literally cannot consume at all. We have a million streaming services with a million great TV shows, great movies. We have several different consoles with different services and games. I mean, Forbidden West just came out. We're going to talk about that. Cyberpunk patch just came out. We're going to talk about that. There's just so much to do that I can't even reasonably... I don't even know if I was still a kid if I would have time to play everything. Like, I definitely don't now. But, like, even if I was a kid, I don't know if I could consume it all because it's just literally just, like, a season of something new drops and it's like, oh, to watch that season would be 10 hours. I'm like, okay, shit. That's, like, an entire day if I binged it. So I'm basically... The TLDR, again, wants to my whole rant here is just... Yeah, there's problems with Halo. Yeah, stuff needs fixed. It's been addressed. It's been said. They've they've acknowledged it. Updates will come when they come. I just, my whole thing is, just move on. Like, you know, like, play the game if you want. If you think Halo is boring and doesn't have enough content, play something else. And it just, it rings really true for me and Josh because Josh and I made that decision uh, probably close to two months ago now without any prompting or without any even talking about it. We didn't go on Twitter and say, well, we're so upset with Halo that we are now going to go play Skyrim. No, we just naturally did that because I just think that's naturally healthy and objectively mature, right? To just go do something else. Yeah. Josh has been playing Skyrim. I've been playing Zelda. I just started Forbidden West. It came out. I think Josh has started Cyberpunk because of the patch. I mean, we've watched we've watched shows like Boba Fett, Witcher. There's plenty of things to do. And Halo will have its time to shine again when they're ready to release something. Um Josh, what, what do you think about all of it? I don't know. It's, it's just whack, man. It's just pretty whack right now. It's crazy. Actually, people are so pissed off with all this. In, uh, they're so impatient with all this. Well, I don't know. I, stuff is so crazy right now that people are starting to even turn on one another because it's like, I'm so mad. Now I'm going to be mad at you. What? Where? Where? They're like in a fucking room, and it's like they're picking apart everything they can get mad at. What haven't I gotten mad at yet? What haven't yeah, I left infighting while three, yeah, like three, yeah, four, three is yeah. to the desk working on, like they're at their desk working on stuff, not present in the community while the whole community is infighting. Like three, four, three is not even there, really. You know. And Man, just, it's sad. Look, some of y'all, and honestly, the, like Brian said, this honestly doesn't really apply to people that listen to this podcast because we just we see the activity and stuff like that. It's more like. Twitter and elsewhere and stuff like that. But man, some of y'all are just like, 
your emotions fly with like your opinions fly with your emotions. You know, they're just like not like solidified emo- like opinions of shit because it's like one day, you know, 343 puts out something and you're praising the sun and you're like, I love these guys. I'm so happy. And yes, they can do better, but they're doing a good job. Look what they're doing. And then we go with some, out some content and then everyone's like, what the fuck are you guys doing? Blah, blah, blah. And it's like, God damn, you guys just like play turncoat all the time. And it's like, it's just when it con- it's convenient for you that you're like supportive. And it's like, that's, that's kind of fucked up. I mean, to be honest, it's kind of fucked up. But at the same time, I get it. There's some people out there that just want to play this shit like all the time. And I don't blame them because, I mean, I'm not that kind of person. But that doesn't mean I'm somehow like a better person or something like that, that I'm not like that. That doesn't mean those people are worse off for that. I just don't think hyperfixations are at all healthy. It's cool to be hyperfixated on like hobbies and interests, but not just a sole one. And Brian and I played Halo Infinite, we played the shit out of it, and we played it off our own interest, not for the podcast, not for the community. Like we didn't do it as a, I guess, a job in a sense. We just did it because we wanted to play it, and we got a lot out of it. And we've dipped in and out of it since it's come out, but I got out of it what I needed to. So I don't really feel the need to go like into it every day. So I'm not really affected by all this stuff because I'm moving on and playing other stuff until new content really comes out. And when it does, then I'm ready to go in. It's just weird, guys. Like, I mean, you think about all the fucking, I don't even mean to swear, but I kind of feel the same way too. But think about like how many years we've had now between five and infinite where we, we, we had like all these years of content accumulated from Halo 5. And then HemCC was getting a ton of content constantly added. Like, we kind of got spoiled a bit, in a way. And I think everyone just... There was people who were like, the game comes out and gets shadow dropped, and everyone's like, no, this is good, this is good. Where other people were like, no, it, ah, damn, kind of messed with my vacation, yada, yada. Other people were like, no, it's good. You're so happy to consume it right now to finally play a new Halo that you just took it without like really thinking about it. And now you're at a point where you've played yourself, you've exhausted every corner of content that's there. So now everything they tweet, everything they come out with is going to bother you because it's not what you want, which is more content right now. And that's kind of in our own ways, our own fault, because we've, we're sitting there waiting night and day for this stuff rather than moving on and doing other stuff. And I get it. If you're into something, you can't just... You can't just refuse that part of yourself. You can't just shut it off and you can't turn away from it. But at the same time, it's like, damn, you can't just fucking go and hate people and get all pissy and shit like that. Like, these people know what the fuck they're doing. They're working on this goddamn game. You don't know shit about that. Like, shut the hell up and just let them do their thing. Like, where it's going to come out when it comes out. There's new games starting to come out this year. This year is going to be a boon. We're seeing all the carryover from the previous two years of delays of games, television, uh, movies, it's all filling out into this year and next year. So, I mean, it's a good year to get excited for stuff. But goddamn, everyone's turning to vitriol and then turning inward and getting mad at each other. Bring uh, up a good go point ahead, too, Josh. I'm like, okay, so Halo Five came out in 2015. Halo Infinite came out 2021, and there was MCC updates between there. But like, is that all you guys did from 2015 to 2001 with your free time? Was play old halos like is that did you not play any new video game releases on any platform at all 
for six years? Did you just seriously only play Halo 5 and Halo MCC for six years? You didn't, you didn't watch Netflix shows. You didn't play other games. You didn't watch movies. Like, did you just play Halo? I mean, that's what it sounds... The way they talk is what it sounds like. Is like, oh, I've had to play MCC for six years. It's time for something new. And it's like, I hope you're exaggerating. I hope that's hyperbole because... Tell me you did something else other than play. Like, honestly, and I, I'm not even going to apologize for it. If the if truly the only game that you have any fun with of all games on the planet are Halo, I feel sad for you. <laughs> I pity you because I'm like, there's just no way. There's no way. I don't even think it's possible. I think if you only enjoy Halo, you probably just refused yourself from trying anything else because I, there's just we live in a time where just constant content everywhere, and I just don't understand. And now let me clarify. This is where people get confused with what I'm saying. Um, being frustrated with Halo Infinite and saying that it doesn't have enough content, that can exist with me also saying um, there's more to life, do something else. There's plenty of content out there. They're not mutually exclusive. Both can exist. You can say, somebody can say to me, yeah, the game is not in a good state. I want more content. I think it launched bare bones. And I can also say, that's true. We've talked about it. You should play something else, move on, do something else, let, you know, give it time. Both both statements can exist. I'm not I'm not crossing out your statement. I'm not saying that you're wrong to complain. I'm not patting 343 on the back. I'm not saying 343 is perfect and leave them alone. I'm not. I'm just saying that the reality of the situation is this. Now what are you going to do with it? Are you going to you know, there's there's many things in life I didn't like the way they went. Like I was just telling Josh actually before we started with some work issues I had on Friday. When I went to work on Friday, I did everything in my power to just show up and do my job and avoid conflict. Uh, but it happened anyways. I had to deal with it. And it sucked and it ruined my mood. Um, but what what else, what could I do about that, right? It's, it's just life. You have to accept that it happened and hopefully handle it as uh, maturely as possible. Sometimes we don't. And move on. I mean, that's just life. And that's the same with Halo. It, it, it is, it's a grand concept and it's also a small concept. Like, I know we're just talking about video games here, which literally mean nothing in the grand scheme of life. But I can you can apply that to everything else in life. Like if somebody if somebody's ill or somebody passes away, we don't like those things. That sucks. We hate it. It's not. It's not. Sometimes it's not even fair. But life isn't fair, and I just feel and I can just feel people coming in the mentions right now, and they're just like, oh, but Brian, you know, if you talk like this, then you're just giving three four three. You're just telling them that it's okay, and you're you're ruining the industry. You're setting a precedent that. Everything can just go and fly, and and I, I don't believe that at all. I understand some people are going to disagree with me, but like I don't believe that the only saving grace of our industry, the only reason why we have any good games or any full, complete packages is because of all the bitching on Twitter. I don't believe that for one second. I don't, I don't believe either. that a company goes, you know what, we tried to screw you all over, but there was just too many tweets. So we're going to do better. <laughs> no, no. And I, you got to express your concern. We have before. And if somebody's listening, to, I know a lot of you listening right now have listened for years, and we love you so much. Thank you so much. Yeah, love you guys. And you guys know us, and you guys don't fall into this camp because you know Brian and Josh. You know, we've complained about, I mean, we could our whole we could make 10 episodes in a row complaining about halo because we have so many things we don't like that's a lot of content in of itself that's right sweet i content. mean and we we made an episode about that <laughs> yeah. once too where we just complained about it. i mean josh hates that damn ass orange in halo 4 
Hate it. And and, hey and I and 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 I I almost never mention this, but jo, if Joe's listening, Joe's gonna be like, Brian, I've heard you say it like three times. But I almost never mention this. But one of the things I hate most about Halo was that they made the Forerunners aliens. You know, Forerunners were just originally Forerunners were just supposed to be humans, uh, ancient humans that you know uh, that lit the Halo rings, and then in the future, regular humans are just the same as Forerunners. But they ended up making them alien species. That was one of the changes. In Halo that I hated, and I actually, when it first happened, I obsessed for a couple years about how much I hated that. But eventually, I just went, you know what? That's what it is. That's life. That's I accepted it was what it is and moved on, and, and that's it. I mean, we could just it has a lot to so do many with podcasts out there too, complaining about shit. You know, it's, it's like, a lot to do with psychology because it's like, you know, you have consumers and then you have the people who work on the product, and it's up to the people who work on the product to kind of tell us, you know, to give us that. The, the news, the drip feed, however they want to do it. And then people get frustrated because they're kind of like, they're at the teat waiting to get the milk, so to speak. And it's up for the tea. It's up to the teat to, to decide when it wants to get the milk in. And then people get frustrated, but it's like, then why are you sitting right there waiting for the milk to come out? Go do some other shit, you know? And it's just, I mean, look, you love Halo. There's nothing wrong with that. Find other ways to love it. That's why the Showtime thing is, or the Paramount Plus show is so exciting because it's just like, it needs new life. It needs new avenues because this stuff shouldn't be all consuming. It shouldn't be a hyper fixation. That's when stuff gets bad. That's what happens with Star Wars, right? I'm not the biggest fan of The Last Jedi. Brian loves it, right? So we're divided on that, but neither one of us ever getting hot debates about it. And the big reason is, is because as much as I love Star Wars, as much as Brian loves it, I'm not hyper fixated on that shit. It's like when it came out, I was. And I had to like step back and I had to just go enjoy some other shit for a while and disassociate from Star Wars because I was like, is this a me thing or is this a them thing? And it's so easy to point the finger elsewhere. It's always easy to say someone else is doing something wrong. Someone else is doing something bad and someone else wronged me. But no one ever wants to look inward and say, did I fuck up? No one ever wants to consider, am I the asshole? You know, no one ever really wants to do that. And the community's got to just look at themselves. And it's like you're setting you're saying a lot about yourself than you are about 343. This is a game with a 10-year plan. It's a live service game that they've never done before. I mean, yes, you can argue that MCC is essentially that. And that's understandable. That's a good point. However, we're in a pandemic still. And I know everyone's tired of hearing that, but it's a fact. It's two years into it. This is a, a new game, a live service model. Look how bare MCC was when it launched. Look at all the issues it had. We don't have that. It launched. It didn't launch as a complete title with Infinite, but it launched stable. And then it started having issues. Yes, but it got better. Okay. That's always the narrative. It always gets better. And we don't want that, but that's what happens. That's what we got. That's what it is. And we got to deal with it because you guys wanted this early. You guys didn't want the. A lot of you people didn't even want the delay. Well, you got it. This game still isn't done. You got to you gotta just stop somewhere and you got to learn to enjoy something. Stop picking fights and arguing about everything. You just, we're consumers. We consume, but it's not right to bitch at the people. It's not right to look a gift to a horse in the mouth. I mean, you can give useful information like brian said you can give feedback but they already know about this shit everyone acts like people at 343 don't know shit they don't know what they're doing same for any developer these people know way more about this stuff than us you can be frustrated and you can find a tactful way to get it across there's nothing wrong with still getting across your feedback with saying you don't like this update or you don't like this news article or you don't like this tweet but damn you don't have to be an asshole let alone turn on one another 
You know, when you see things, videos like Outpost Discovery, when you see con events, when you see Waypoint articles leading up to the game and you start seeing promotions and everything, everyone is excited. Everyone's on 10, but you are because it's convenient to be, right? Your hype is there. But the moment you don't have that kind of content, you know, you start to turn and, and it's just, it's like where you're just going with your emotions. You're not actually stable in your opinions. This isn't something people can trust and count on for you to always feel like, because the moment that something different comes out, you're going to be like, Oh, yay, you know, or fuck them, you know? And it's just like, it's ridiculous. It's so much back and forth. I mean, bottom line, it's just like a lot of the frustrations I completely get. I get every, honestly, I get every one of them. What I don't get is people turning on one another, but I get everyone being upset that this didn't launch as a full product. You know, it's like a lot of you guys, a lot of you guys, quite frankly, and again, not you guys listening really, but a lot of people just out there in general, like you guys were totally fine with it, not launching with forge and co-op and all this other shit, just because you could get it early. And just because you could have it December 8th with yeah, no that's more true. delays. Me and Josh were saying, and, and I were saying like, let's delay it again. Yeah. Like, I could no. wait another year. And it's like, and then we get it. And then you're like, Oh shit, there's no content. It's hollow. Where's the updates? Where's the updates? Where's the updates? Where are the updates? Am I getting annoying? Because that's what it sounds like on Twitter. And that's what a lot of people sound like. It's ridiculous. You got to just step away a little bit. I know you love the game. That's awesome. But you're starting to like condition yourself to hate the very product you love by fixating on it solely rather than going outside or going uh, booting up another game or playing another show in your favorite app of choice. You you just, I don't know. It's just ridiculous. It's ridiculous. I get it. People played themselves sick of Halo MCC and you wanted a new Halo game and you got it. But guys, it's going to take time. It's a live service game and it is a, in a pandemic and so much stuff happened that just rocked the development and we can't change that. It's going to get the content. But honestly, if you're sitting right here right now and you're thinking this is going to launch this is we're going to get several seasons with Forge and co-op and everything that's been promised. You're in for a rough ride because, frankly, that stuff's going to change like the wind. The reason why they haven't put out an update for this shit yet is simply because they're trying to figure out what they can and can't do. Because they already got their backs against the wall. They've already had enough delays. They already know you guys are complaining. And they know no matter what they do, there's going to be someone complaining. So they're probably right now got their boots to the ground trying to knuckle down, roll up their sleeves and figure out what they can actually like really give you guys this year and and deliver it as opposed to we're going to say we're going to do this and not. They're figuring it out as they go along and you don't have to like that. You don't have to support them for that, but these guys aren't up there. They're deliberately like waiting to shit us out turds for us to just catch like we're fucking peons. They're not. They want to give us the goods. There's a lot of stuff there they can't wait to show us. We just got to be patient. And the best way to be patient is to just go try to enjoy some other stuff. Halo Infinite is still going to be there. It's a great game. It's going to get even better. But we just got to give it time. Yeah, man. Um, you you actually kind of I made an easier segue. into. I have one one final question before we move into some other stuff. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to talk the whole time about this because it's just... 
uh, to me, it's mostly nonsense that we have to <laughs> address it or talk about it. But um, one thing I will quick say is people mention all the time that MCC was a live service and they should have learned from that. But I, I never really agreed with that because it's a couple of things. One, MCC uh, did not launch with any intent to be a live service, and we also didn't really know what a live service was in 2014. It kind of transformed into that later, and they have a separate team doing MCC than the team that's doing Infinite. So I don't really think it's a one-to-one -one comparison. Yeah, fair uh, enough. But anyways... The question I had, Josh, and this is I think this is a nuanced, a nuanced answer. I'm not actually sure why where I lie on it, but like you were saying, and I think I may have said it too, either on Twitter or here, but you you said that Halo Infinite launched incomplete. And my question is, because I look at it two ways, and I'll have I'll explain both ways before I pass it over to you. Two ways I look at it is there's lots there's lots of games that launch with just a a, a, a solid campaign, and that's the whole sixty dollar experience. I'm, I'm playing for, uh, Horizon Forbidden West right now, which we're going to talk about. It's just a sixty-player story game. Like that's it. There's no multiplayer. There's 60 no player story game. I was like, what? Did I say sixty-player? Yeah. I'm like, damn. 60. They really did it up. Woo! They got lots of Halo. That's a new one. That's for that's Forbidden Frenzy. Um, no, they got. It's just a sixty. It's just well, actually, it's seventy dollars on PlayStation Five. It's a seventy-dollar game where you play through a story as Aloy, and a. It's just a story. There's no multiplayer. There's no side modes. That's it. I mean, you go to the main menu, and it says uh, options. New game and the credits. That's it. Uh, we have no problem with that because it's the expectation. So with Halo Infinite, I look at it two ways. Bear with me, everyone. I look at it two ways. The one way I look at it is that Halo Infinite launched with a very full, enjoyable, replayable, open-world campaign that worked and was great. I played through it two and a half times already. I don't know how. Do you play it more than once, Josh, or just once? Not too much. Okay. Just the one time? Okay, but I played through the campaign two and a half times. I'm going to play it, I mean, over the course of my life. Like one and a half, I guess I should gonna, say, to be exact, but yeah, not too Yeah, much. I'm probably going to play it dozens of more times, just like other Halos. It's a great campaign. But then it also launched with a multiplayer mode, which while the matchmaking is not up to the highest standards of Halo, uh, it's still quite a bit of... I'm saying, listen to me, guys, not comparing it to directly Halo, comparing it to the industry as a whole. The multiplayer mode for Infinite is pretty solid. You know, even with the... The, the only the few it's modes they good. have. I am very glad that Halo Infinite is still in the conversation to me for like some of the most fun multiplayer out there. Yeah. Yeah, it like it's super it, it maybe it's my it favorite be, right now. Yeah, if you look at Halo Infinite's matchmaking, you may say that it's way less than you you expect from Halo and that might be fair, mm -hmm. but for the industry as a whole, it is a solid multiplayer experience. Like sure. look at and yeah, so what I'm saying is this is the two different opinions I have, and I'm not sure where I land. On one hand, I think Halo Infinite, if you view it as its own game and you don't hold it up to the legacy of the series, I think it was a very fair release. We have we got a very full, enjoyable campaign with an additional multiplayer component. And it was a great sixty dollar experience, I think. And if you look at the industry as a whole, you know, it's it's actually I'm going to get way more time out of my Halo Infinite. I'm going to get way more time out of Halo Infinite on its launch day than I'm ever going to get out of Horizon Forbidden West. Mm. And that's not to dog Horizon Forbidden West because I think it's an amazing game. But it's a game that I'm going to play once now and then maybe in a couple years play another time. And then maybe in a couple years, five, six, seven, eight years play another time. Halo Infinite is going to be something I keep coming back to. So the one hand, I feel like it's kind of unfair to dog Halo Infinite so much when it is a very good game with plenty to do by regular industry standards. 
But then the other side of me that I'm that I was going to get to, I'm sure, and everyone else is probably going to get to that part, Brian, is that yeah, it's way less than you expect of that series, right? Of all the Halos that have launched from the beginning, Halo Infinite's the driest on content we've ever been. It's absolutely the driest, and it's it doesn't live up to the expectations that that series has set. So for me, I really. I can kind of get behind either opinion. I think I'm somewhere in the middle. I think, but most of the community saying, Halo Infinite's bare bones, it was incomplete. I'm unhappy. But there's me kind of saying a little bit, um, I think it launched with enough to justify a $60 purchase. But I can't blame anyone for being upset with what it lacks at launch. Because if you have 20 years of expectation and you come nowhere near that, obviously that's going to garner criticism. But I think it is beneficial to us to consider that what they have given us by industry standards, and I'm not even talking about, I know what someone else is going to say, well, current industry standards, Brian, is games release broken and there's DLC and they pay, make you charge you out the ass. I'm even saying Nintendo 64 PS1 standards, you know, where they, where they give you a full game that's working in, in the package. Even by those standards, I think Halo Infinite it did a great job. It delivered a fully working, enjoyable game with an additional multiplayer component. So I think it's worth acknowledging that 343 as a company, and in the grand scheme of the industry, they're newer, they delivered a really solid, really fun, great product that is completely deserving of $60 and is, in one sense, by industry standards, a complete package. But then I also think it's fair to criticize that they have, le they have given us far less than prior Halos. I think both work in tandem. I think both are worth saying. Do you agree with that, Josh? Yeah. No, I get that. Uh, first off, I love your Halo Infinite hoodie that you're wearing right now, Brian. You guys can't see it, but he's wearing it. I am I so mad. Before the pandemic. Started. I was going to say, I'm so mad that I never got that hoodie, dude. I'm so pissed. It was because of Kirsty for Halo. Shout out to Kirsty for Halo out there. Hell Kirstie, yeah. Is it, I think she might have changed her name. I'm not sure. Okay, but, but yeah, uh, no, no, no. She, yeah, she got uh, it. Uh, man, I wish I could get that. I wish they'd bring that back up on the store. It's su such a shame. Urban Outfitters now has another, you know that big, that Comet of All shirt I got you for your birthday? Yeah. They got a Halo 3 one now. It's like black and it's just got the main logo of Chief. Like, oh, that sounds pretty cool. It looks super good, but it's like $36. And I was Ooh, like, wow. no, thank out. you. Anyway, yeah. yeah, no, 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 man. I, I kind of feel the same way. I'm in between. I guess I don't really have a. Uh, I can't really make a, a concise I'm answer in on that because I mean honestly, like I get, I get the criticism. I don't think the game should have launched as is. On one hand, I guess to get this out of the way, I get what Brian's saying because it's like <sighs> Combat Evolved in 2001. This is pretty much how Combat Evolved released in 2001. Except it's for co-op, I'm just saying that because I know someone else. Would. Yeah, I mean it's different, but yeah, I mean you, it's still still a little bit more bare bones. But on the other end, then you have it balanced by. You know, an actual season of content to unlock and obtain Huge and stuff. World. And whatnot. Yeah, so I mean, it's it's a little different, but it's still it's closer to that than some of the other ones, how they did stuff and changed. But, uh, you know, I get the criticism. I get people being, like, people wanting more. I mean, it did, the only thing I came out of launch initially was like, yes, the multiplayer does, it did feel like it needed, like, three to like well i think i said around three but it just needed a couple more maps to, to really fill it out not a lot it just needed a little bit more to add variety and big team battle with just three maps that is rough that is rough that's not enough you know it really isn't and it reminds me of like back in the day when you had i think i can't remember what that type of matchmaking was called but it was more like leaderboard based matchmaking guys like in gears of war og compared to like two for example where you didn't have the actual matchmaking system right, you had to go host a game, you had to wait for players to join the lobby, start the game, and usually with that, you had to select the map you wanted to play on. So there was a lot of people that just 
played gridlock constantly like when the game came out people were playing like canals tyro station a lot of other maps but then it just got to a point where it was nothing but gridlock that's all everyone played and i loved it i loved playing gridlock but that was it you didn't really have variety so it was just that's all you could really look forward to and here we are with matchmaking as an option to give us that chance to play other maps in rotation but all we have is three so you're often if you're someone who hops on for an hour you might you you know in a big team battle match you might get the same map two times in a row you might i mean you might get it you know a third of the time you know and it's just it's that that's frustrating that's justifiably frustrating you know it's not right to get upset at the developers like you they they've wronged you but it's i get the frustrations and i get that people want more and they hope for it soon if i could have anything right now from halo infinite i would say maps i would say the forge you know i know it's coming co-op i know it's coming we've already waited i can wait longer but give us a little bit more maps because you're trying to come out with events and i know people are frustrated with that i'm not saying what i want is going to fix everything but i honestly think that's the biggest issue because uh it was the maps it was the 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 hollowness of that is where i noticed the complaints started happening and it's just funny because i remember months ago saying on the podcast it's going to be interesting to see where we're at what's going to be the sort of legacy of what they could have done better with halo infinite and this isn't quite that you know it isn't quite that because it's not the story but just with most people seem to enjoy the story and then a week later a month later then people turn on it you know and it just um all i can honestly say is rather than opinions and give a clear answer is i'm just living in it and happy to be alive i love halo infinite and just happy to be here and i'm rolling with the tides because you know what everyone is just so in and out with this stuff it's just so crazy i remember when force awakens came out first week everyone's like fucking awesome second week everyone's like fuck this it's new hope remake and at phantom menace it was like super similar and it, it's just and, and with other stuff too obviously but it's just crazy like people get their own isolated experiences and for the most part, people tend to enjoy the things as they are. But now that we live in a day where you have such fast feedback and you have, um, you know, you can get on and, and post your opinion on something right away, we're always subjected to other people's opinions and influence and stuff like that. And you have podcasts like us, you have shows, you know, you have so many different facets to consume thoughts about these things, not just the, the, the content itself. And it affects it and it changes it. And it just, I hate the circle jerk shit. I don't know. It's just like, man, I loved Halo when I got into this shit. I, this is the last thing I'm going to say about this because I'm ready to move on. But I got into Halo because that shit was like fun. I had all this mystery and it was like sci-fi, but at the same time it wasn't. It was like Starship Trooper sci-fi and I really loved the campiness of it. I loved it. It had serious moments, but it never took itself super seriously. That's why I don't enjoy the books as much personally because they do. And I understand there's a huge audience for there for those. I know I'm in the minority with that. I think the books are great, but I get more that first experience. That's what I'm always chasing in a Halo experience because that was how I came into it. Not every Halo has been that way, but I've still enjoyed it. I've still enjoyed the ride because it's been fun to play that first experience by myself in co-op. And then when I got into Halo 2 multiplayer back in the day, that was where I started. I learned of a whole new way to play games because I never played multiplayer prior. So I've always cho- I was always chasing that in other games. Is Gears of War going to be this game that's going to do it? Is this game going to do it? Is this game going to give me that rush? And nothing ever came close. I mean, Gears of War, I guess, but nothing else ever really came close to Halo for me. And I've always chased that. 
Halo Infinite comes out, and I don't think the campaign's perfect. I think it's got a lot of problems. It's got a very, you know, it, as much as it's open, it's got a very corridor-like campaign. I was personally on a purely subjective basis. I hate that they pivoted from the flood. I've never said this on the show, but like I really wanted the flood to be in there for all this, you know, soft reboot stuff. I was like, just give me the flood. I want to see how three four three can make them fun to fight. They didn't, and that's fine. But it's like it's got its own issues objectively. But it's still a really fun time, and I had a great experience. And I can't wait to play that co-op with Brian. And then the multiplayer, super fun. I got to play with some of you guys in the community, and I can't wait to do that again. It's a fun experience. But you know, each time with any game, there's not there's not a single game out there where I honestly just soak it up and play it constantly and replay over and over and don't play anything else. I have to move on here and there and come back around. Halo, honestly, to its credit. That's the sole franchise I come back to all the time. That is why we have a podcast that is born of nostalgia and love for the series because it's the sole thing we really always come back to. You know, I don't have that with other gaming franchises. So that's what Halo is always going to be to me. I just don't need to consume it all the time. And I also don't think it's healthy. And I understand that not everyone's like me, but try to understand, like, if you are having issues, if you are frustrated with this. I'm not I'm not asking you to say am I wrong about this? I'm just asking you to say like am I going about this like am am I becoming toxic? Am I am I fostering that in the people around me? Am I spreading that? You know, it's just there's different ways to get across. Words are a powerful tool. They're the the biggest they're a superpower in of itself how much we can affect things with our words. And it's just good to consider that in a world where it's so easy to communicate now more than ever uh it's it's good to be conscious of of what you're putting out and uh what you're saying about yourself and uh yeah that's pretty much how i feel love halo infinite a great game love the sacred icon community um can't wait to see what halo infinite does love you brian but uh yeah it's in a rough place right now it's crazy to see and uh i'm not surprised i I, I I could have mentioned this i could have mentioned this earlier but i've talked privately to several developers from 343 and without saying much I can say one thing is that these developers don't have the say in the matter that you think they do like they the the developers know of these problems long before the community does they voice them but just like me and Josh at our jobs they're just one person in their giant organization the giant cog um, and even if they, they, I mean, they, they knew of these, they knew of these content droughts, they knew of these, these problems ahead of time. And there's several other things that were almost cut from the game that was like, wh- what, what were you thinking? Um, that, uh, these, these devs do all they can to, uh, to tell these studios, like the devs of cyberpunk, they told the studio heads, the people, the management top, this game needs to be delayed a lot longer. It's not done. It was like, nope, we'll get it. We'll get it. You know, like they, so I don't, I don't really know what there is to benefit by being toxic, by being awful, and beating these points over the head. I think most people just don't want to think they're toxic. You know, it's so easy. You see memes out there and you shit, see shit about that. Most people are like, yeah, I can think of someone who I can put a, fa- I can put a face to that, but no one ever thinks yeah. so. Then maybe that's me. You know, no one ever. Well, does I mean, people give that. us the toxic positivity bullshit all the time, but you know what? They just don't know us, so I don't, I don't give. No, a I know. Care. Well, I it's like crap. I've been toxic with stuff before in my life, for sure. I've fucked up with things in my life plenty of times, but it's just like, you know, and I don't consider Halo one of them. But I mean, I'm just saying, like, 
people don't too often want to look inward on that stuff. It's it's frustrating. It's frustrating. And it's tough because, you know, you don't know everyone's age and some people are younger and some people are older. And me being 33 is just like, it's a little bit different for me than how it is for someone in their early 20s and mid 20s and stuff. It's different. And I get it. I don't it. think it, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, Josh. you're good. You, I interrupted I, you first, man. <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, I I don't think people, I know it's not, this might sound a little full of myself to say this, but like, are full of ourselves. I don't feel like people understand how much Josh and I level our head to do this podcast, to do this content. I don't, I don't think people understand what our true, um, sometimes our true, like, deepest opinions or positions are because we decide to keep our mentality positive and constructive. Um, I mean, Josh and I haven't been, well, okay, I haven't been really uh, super like Halo obsessed or on the Halo train since 2015. And uh, Josh really wasn't since like Halo 3. Like Halo 3, Josh kind of, after that, he kind of moved on and got a little older, got out of high school, you know, like he got to play Reach and he played 4 and stuff. But like, you know, me and I mean, Josh I back really is the, the no. era of us being. What's that, Josh? No, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. You're on a. You're on to something. I want to hear it. I was just say the the era of Josh and I being super, super into Halo. Not that we aren't really into Halo now, but like that era is long past us by, and there's things that have come have happened uh, post Halo Three that we wish didn't that we didn't like. There, you know, Josh didn't even like Josh. Kind of down, he's downright hated Halo Four before him and I talked about it more, and mm-hmm. you know we both had problems with Five, and even even now that he likes these things, you know, well actually I think it's me and Josh we both kind of Four Halo Four and Five are in the bottom half of the Halo series for us, right? Yeah, it's honestly it's honestly Al doing that retrospective with Alex that helped make me a bigger fan of Halo Four. Halo Four to me is like where I'm at with Last Jedi now, where it's like I can actually watch the film and enjoy it. I don't outright hate it. I'm not the biggest fan of it, but like I've had a lot of time to really think about it and consider it and step out of my own like expectations. So yeah, continue. Yeah, like, yeah pe- people people don't get where where we approach things, right? Because like I I'm like my investment in Halo is not what it was when I was younger. So Halo Infinite came out, I played it and had a good time, and I moved on. Um, it's I, Halo doesn't take up other than Sacred Icon stuff that we do because that's part of our lives. Halo doesn't take up much space in my brain. And I don't really, uh, since Halo Infinite's launched, I don't really think about it uh, a ton. I don't really fixate it on it on it much, and I don't really desire to talk about it nonstop um, because to me it's just kind of it, it came and went and it was good and I'm happy, you know. Um, but we we talk about it and we address these community issues or whatever mm-hmm. because that's the kind of content we want to put out. That's what we want to do with sacred icon. It's really not, I guess what I'm trying to say TLDR is that, um, you know, we don't, we don't make these podcasts or do the Twitter or discord and stuff because we desperately want to be the biggest halo content creators because we no, desperately there's so want many good people, ones out there. Jesus. There's so, so many good, good ones. Um, because we, de- it's not because we desperately want our opinion to be the right one or the one that's most heard. We kind of do it as a, I don't know, like, obviously we enjoy it. It's just it. two friends. It's honestly just two friends. Yeah. Every peak has, or every valley has its peak, right? And it's just like, we peaked at different times with our Halo love and it's always going to be there. We started the show out of nostalgia, but Infinite was on the road to coming out. Infinite comes out and we just were like, okay, cool. We've talked about this, you know, we, we, we went into it. 
And until new stuff comes out with that, we can talk about the Halo show. We can talk about other past Halos. It's not like we're on this trajectory that's just moving forward. The whole point of this is to look back because we're people that like nostalgia. And honestly, that's what I wanted out of a Halo podcast. And that's what we are. And, you know, when it comes to people, you kind of put out, you kind of welcome what you put out. So it's like if we were a toxic Halo podcast, then that's what we'd be getting in. But a lot of people seem to think the the Discord is really positive and a really nice place to chill with people, even if you don't agree, even if you are going to debate. It's a nice place. And that feels good. That's just what we want to do. Don't want to... Uh, See, our... Go ahead. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm just saying, our, our perspective that we provide, the content that we provide, um, we, do, we do it because... I mean, we do this because we enjoy it, and obviously you guys reciprocate it with amazing uh kind comments and patron support and all that and reviews and whatnot but like but we but we provide it because we want to provide it for people it's less about it me and josh don't pull the mic up because we want to we want our opinion to be heard loud and clear and we desperately want to change the community and we desperately want what we're not here to try to get what we want really what i'm saying is like, I'm refraining from using the word giving back because that's too strong. It's just a Halo podcast. But, like, we are here to to give our content, to, to, to share our friendship with all of you. It's not – we're not here with an agenda to uh, make Halo in our image or anything, You're right? Yeah. So whenever somebody sees uh, – you know, goes on Twitter and says we're shills for Halo and, you know, they just like whatever 343 does, it's like, no. I mean, that you don't know how uh, untrue that really is. I mean, I would have took the series in a whole different direction if it was my choice a long time ago. We're just – we're here it- – Accepting of yeah. what's what, being positive and putting out content. We we we're we're looking at what is good and we're enjoying that and we're sharing you know our comes, perspective and just being friends. When I don't it know. comes to those Halo tweets and stuff and where the the comments come in with the shield shit, it's just like, you know, I could think of whether it's been, I, well, honestly, just anything in general, social media in general, and just I've met so many people both either online or just in person. It doesn't even have to do with Halo, at all. That ended up completely different than the perception I might have had of them because they're just social media through the years and stuff like that. Yeah. And they always, people always turn out better than I expect. And I know that's not the same way for everyone's experience and I understand. But, you know, when you, when it comes to social media, you're seeing like one small facet of someone and you're not getting their entire like thoughts on something. And sometimes it's just a meme and you're not getting their thoughts at all. But aside from, they probably found this funny enough to share it, you know, and people just want to judge and write stuff off because that's so much easier than sitting and really thinking about it. And I get it. And, but I mean, at the end of the day, it's just, we like doing the podcast shit because it's, it's fun to do this stuff together. And we like halo, but we're not like make or break over infinite. Like we weren't putting all our eggs in that soul basket. So it's like, like this year guys, it's it's going to be a lot of fun. Halo talk. But it's not just going to be all fixated on infinite. And we've already said that to you guys who have listened. But for anyone new, you know, and it's that's what it's going to be. And it's going to be fun to do that because we want to celebrate all the halos. We want to celebrate other things we're into too and sharing that with you guys. It's not like we're saying, like Brian said perfectly, it's not like we're trying to say our opinions, the opinion, or that you guys need to be on board with it. We, we get a lot of guests on that, that don't agree with us with stuff. And we get uh, a lot of you guys in the community that don't agree with us with stuff. But everyone's like usually respectful about it. But it's really dangerous out there in the wild frontier that is Twitter. And for some reason, people just don't want to 
don't want to take the time to think about it and consider that, uh, you know, some people, the, the thing that cracks me up the most still, and I, I mean, Brian said this way back first to his credit, but it is super hilarious, is that Brian could say a tweet that says, we loved Halo Infinite. And someone's like, fuck you, I didn't. What Brian's saying is that Sacred Icon is two people, Brian and Josh, right? But this person reading it who doesn't take the time to even see the fucking banner is like, fuck you. You know, and it's just ridiculous. It's so annoying. Who is this we and why do you think you could speak for us? Yeah, oh, it's me and Josh. This is Sacred Icon. Oh, it's so ridiculous. It, it's funny, though. It's entertaining and we, we get a laugh out of that. But at the same time, it's like, I guess it's a good problem to have because it shows, I guess, you, you're doing something to get people annoyed yeah. uh, introspectively. But, but, Josh. Yes. Speaking of playing other games while Halo Infinite gets updates, <laughs> how has your experience been with Cyberpunk 1.5? Bottom line, before I move on to that, just to summarize. Sorry, I didn't mean to No, no, you no. Off. You're all right. I get it, though. I get it. We need to move on. But uh, otherwise, we're going to beat a dead horse. But you know what, guys? I love Halo Infinite. And I love this community. And I can't wait to see where we go this year with the game itself and also the show. I can't wait to see what that show is going to do and I'm the really discussions it's going to have. We know the IGN Fan Fest should be happening today, giving us at least some kind of new information. We don't uh, don't know exactly what, but they, they tweeted about doing that. So by the time this episode goes up, that stuff will probably already be out. So looking forward to talking about that next week if it's substantial enough. But uh, I can't wait for that stuff. And I, I'm just, you know, like celebrating Halo. I don't play it all the time, guys, but I always love it. And I always think about it. And even though it's not my first love, there's a reason I'm doing a Halo podcast with Brian and not Star Wars or Lord of the Rings or something else. So I choose to be, you know, we, we, we chose to do Halo and we're doing Halo and uh, happy to be here. And, and thank you to everyone who supports us and, and isn't assholes. And we really, really appreciate that. And we hope you guys feel appreciated too. But moving on. So, Cyberpunk 1.5 patches come out. Brian, I'm in a crazy pickle schlickle with this, man. I got to tell you, because I hopped on to play it, and I was in the middle of a quest of trying to rescue Evelyn Parker. I don't know if you remember this character. She helps you out real early on. And she's gotten kidnapped, and I'm trying to go help her. I got Judy with me. Well, I'm in these, like, corridors that are super dark, dude, and I have to get on all... I'm, I'm more of a stealth build, so I'm getting on all these computers. I'm turning off surveillance cameras, and I'm, like, hacking into the machines, but I'm running into this bug where like the crosshair in the, on the actual computer to navigate to click on like web or surveillance cameras or all this stuff, it like goes away and then I can't click on anything. So I literally have to save the game, completely quit out, reboot it, and then it's good. And it is annoying because in the mission I'm in the middle of, there's so many of these cameras. So I probably played maybe two hours because it's just, I'm like, I keep, there's a part of me that's like, I can clearly tell just from what little I've explored this game is like this is pretty much launch state how it should have launched in 2020 but a bug still impeding your progress but it, it's still like affecting me and there's a so there's a part of me that's like should i wait just a little bit more and i don't mind it i'm just like it's not like a, like getting me down or anything I'm, i mean it's a little frustrating but i'm like because i'm like i'm kind of surprised the, you, you you picked up your account from a year ago your character from a year ago the last time i played was in july that was my last okay, i thought you would have started a new one for i the, thought about doing one. that but i don't think i'm going to do that until i just until the game is like complete complete in terms of whatever expansions they may do for it i don't think uh, i'll do it until then because i was like it's hard enough for me to beat a game and that's the other problem is the whole time i'm playing this i keep obsessing about skyrim and i'm like I need to beat Skyrim. I put probably at least 100 hours into this playthrough, if not more. Yeah. And I did the same thing years ago, and I never beat it. Like, as in, I never finished the main store. I didn't do the Dragonborn DLC, yada, yada, yada. So I've done a ton in this playthrough, 
But then Cyberpunk hits, and I'm like, I want to play this. Well, then when I play it, I feel guilty I'm not playing Skyrim. And then when I play Skyrim, I'm like, what's Cyberpunk, Josh? Cyberpunk, fucking corpos, bro. You know, and I want to go play that, and then I go play. So I'm like back and forth, but really I think what I need to do is I need to just finish up this mission in Cyberpunk, and then I'll be golden because I'm pretty much playing off a, a mission in progress, and I need to get to a point where I'm kind of like starting fresh within that save file, if that makes sense. But what I played um, is incredibly good. The I, I turned on the ray tracing option uh, rather than a performance or whatever it is where it's like 60 frames, I think. Uh, ray tracing looks great. This is the first time I got to finally experience ray tracing in next gen, and damn, I'm glad it's a cyberpunk. Looks beautiful. Um, it does look a lot more vibrant at times. It's nice to see the AIs a little more improved. They don't look as dead, even though I know they're kind of like lifeless bodies that don't really have that kind of like... I guess Elder Scrolls, you know, kind of motivations where they go and chat with people and stuff. It's not as much that, but um, so ray tracing makes you have to play in thirty frames, right? Yeah, yeah. And I noticed Man, it because I've literally. Cause I don't know if I'd want to do that. Well, I know, and I get that because I'm literally quick resuming between that and Skyrim, and I go into Skyrim, which is like sixty now, and it's just buttery smooth, and I can run so fast, it just feels fluid. But then I go over that, and I'm like, damn, I'm like, it's a little bit slower. I can notice it. But it's also a completely different game. So I don't know. The The frames per second stuff has never really bothered me with games. But um, right now, at least, I'm going to do ray tracing just because it's so new. It's like the equivalent of going from like standard definition to high definition. It's so new um, that I want to consume that aspect of it. But once that's once that novelty wears off, then I'll probably be like, okay, let's go to 60 frames and let's let's beat this boy up. But uh, overall, it's great to be back in the world of cyberpunk. Um, I love it so much. It's great to be around these characters, and and uh, I can't wait to romance Pan Am. I was asking Jeff at work. I was like, who's your favorite? I think you had the tweet, Ryan, but you were like, who's your favorite romance option in any game ever? Something like that. Yeah. And I, I couldn't think of mine. And I asked him his, and he was like, it's Pan Am. And I was like, really? Like, that good? And he's like, a dude, he's like such a good character, so good, and went on, and went on talking about it. But I couldn't think of one. And I was like, man, I see a lot of people feel that way about Pan Am just in general. And I can't wait to hmm. like get to meet her in the game. So overall, super, super fun, man. Um, and I know you beat it a while back. Do you think you're going to go back and play it anytime soon? Do you think you're going to wait a while? Where are you sitting on that? Yeah, I feel, I feel really good about what I did. But it's not because I made a great decision. It's because I got lucky. Um, but I played it right at launch, like literally launch week beat it in a week with minimal glitches and issues, had a great time and really enjoyed the game. So now I've been able to, like I've, like Josh, he's never beat the game, but you know, I've been able to, I've had that game completed for over a year and now I can just go back into it with a fresh, a new character and, and do a replay with new mm-hmm. updates whenever I feel like. Um, so um, I think if I had nothing to play right now at all, I would jump in right now, Yeah. but I do have plenty of other things to play. No, I so I think I'll just wait until... You know, those, they'll put out some more updates, some more patches, some more DLC. Yeah, I'll it end seems up playing like, it again. It seems like, honestly, dude, it seems like it's at the point now where it's like it's it need like it's at that launch state. It still needs some like patches, but it's almost like they're like like smaller patches. So in terms of like now, it's ready to move into like expansion DLC content, which mm-hmm. is like minimal patches. But that's where it's at, and I'm glad. Two years later, I'm glad. I wish it would have released at this point. Although going back to me in 2020, who was like, this was my most anticipated game since Halo Three. Give me <laughs> completely yeah. contradicting what I said about Halo Infinite earlier, but again, emotions and opinions. I'm excited to replay it because I had a great time when it was in its worst state, so I think I'll have a better time yeah. once I get back around to it. But uh, yeah, I was excited to see that. I'm excited to play it on uh, like actual next gen version because I played the last gen version on my mm-hmm. Series X. Uh, but yeah, so uh, moving on from Cyberpunk, yeah. I started Forbidden Horizon. Uh, 
Forbidden Horizon Forbidden West. Forbidden Horizon <laughs> West. <laughs> first. Yeah. Uh, Mom, can we get Horizon Forbidden West? We already got it at home. In this yeah, the knockoff version. Forbidden that, Horizon West. It's like, this is a raw game, Mom. This is yeah. one from, like, Canada. It's wrong. It's got, and it's got, like, fuck, it's got, like, Brian Cranston's face on the cover. You know, and you just see, like, a, you just see, like, a Megazord in the background. And it's like, what the fuck is this bootleg game? Yeah, dude. I'm sorry, man. Go ahead, Brian. I'm sorry. Are you aware funny. of the store Five Below? Have you ever heard of that store? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Five Below. Yeah, got one out. But well, we go there, and they always have a video game or two from the PS4, Xbox One there, and it's always some really whack, generic game that you never heard of. Oh shit! Uh, I've never been in and, one. Actually, uh, I need to. There's and yeah, and I, I was there yesterday with Erica, and mm. it had like it wasn't it wasn't Rocket League. It was like Racket Ship or something. <laughs> it was just. <laughs> Terrible. So, ship. Yeah. I'm gonna look that up right now where you're talking. Um, Brian, tell me about your thoughts on was, Horizon Forbidden West. How were you going into it with hype? And then where are you at right now just off what little time you've had to play it? Well, believe it or not, and I this is I think this is a testament to my open mindedness. Um I didn't really have any hype going into it because I played Horizon Zero Dawn when it came out, and I thought it was a really good game and I enjoyed it, but I really don't like fighting robots at all. Like especially like the whole robot animal thing, uh, it didn't do anything for me at all in the first place on the first game. Mm-hmm. Um, so my I didn't really have any hype for Forbidden West because I just don't like fighting robot animals, and it it's nothing. It's not the game's fault at all. I mean, the game has done just zero wrong. It's just a preference. Yeah, it just doesn't work. This doesn't do anything for me. So I wasn't actually sure when the sequel to Horizon came out, I'd actually buy it because I just don't enjoy uh, fighting the robots. But when it started coming around, I thought I started thinking, you know what? I had such a great time with the story of mm. Horizon Zero Dawn, and Aloy is one of the best characters. Aloy, the best, especially female characters. I mean, I love her character so much, and you know, there was something to play on my PS5, and it was getting great scores, and it mm-hmm. looks beautiful. So I was like, yeah, I think I want to pick it up and, and give it at least one playthrough because uh, I really enjoy all the aspects of the game except the fighting robots, um, which is obviously a major, major part of it. But uh, it's not like I hate it. It's not like I hate fighting the robots. It's just it doesn't it doesn't send off any endorphins for me. It's just like it's something to get past yeah, and I get over with. Um, but what's cool is I've had a complete kind of uh, mindset change in the last couple years on difficulty in games. And I, I've kind of started to realize how much... Uh, the reason I was playing games on hard difficulties was it was it was my brother Creighton and uh, Josh's cousin, our friend Justin's fault. No, I'm not. I'm not blaming them, but it was it was their influence that kind <laughs> of got me to this. start like, playing. Man, screw you. Yeah. No, it, well, it I'm was. I'm gonna get Creighton, you the boom touch. Was, I would say it was seventy percent. What's that? What's that? I, I just see Creighton like you know what for your birthday now you're gonna get the boom touch. Ooh, boom touch! I'd love boom, boom touch. touch. <laughs> the boom touch. Um, but no, it was it was like seventy percent Creighton's influence and thirty percent Justin's because Justin was always like, "Oh, I always play games in the hardest difficulty because you know I get the most time, most content out of it. I get to play it the longest, whatever." And then Creighton would always be like, "If you play this game on easy mode, you suck and you're not a true gamer." <laughs> you know. So you know, Creighton got me into Dark Souls and I played Bloodborne without any help or any summons, and I would play games on the hardest difficulty. And when I played Horizon uh, Zero Dawn the first time. I played it on hard, or I think I played it on hard until it got really tough and I put it down to medium. But I started to realize as I get older that 
I just want to have fun. I just want to be entertained. Just want to enjoy my Brian time playing the game. Brian just wants to have fun. Have fun. Oh, oh, Brian, Brian just still wants want to have, have fun. That's all I really want. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. Uh, um, was no, I just want to have fun. I just want to be entertained. So uh, I know that uh, hundreds of listeners will cry out in, in embarrassment and cringe as I say this, but I started Forbidden West on the absolute lowest difficulty, which is called story mode. It's not even easy. Bro, that's story, what I have. Which, I haven't uh, beaten Star Wars Squadrons, but that's what I, when I saw that option, I was like, that's me, baby. Hitting that story mode. Yep. Set me I'm up. like, I just want to experience this world, this narrative, and yeah. these characters, and I don't need to be challenged in combat because I don't enjoy the combat. Now, let me clarify. I think Horizon has really good combat, actually. It's just that the combat is used on fighting robots. And to clarify further, there is uh, humans you can fight in the game, like tribes and stuff. And I actually enjoy that. I enjoy fighting. I would actually just prefer the whole game was fighting humans because I don't enjoy the robots at all. Which I know like tons of fans who are listening are like, Brian, you're missing the whole point of it. No, no, I'm not missing the point. I understand that. No, that's, that's the point. what the I'm preferences just saying, and that's what the options are there for. Everyone's yeah, it's different. It's just, it's just you know, it's one of those things where you wish you could like something. It just sucks. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to put words in Josh's mouth, but I'm guessing he wishes he loved Last Jedi, right? Yeah, you just don't. Yeah, you know, you just don't. I love it in I a weird I way, but not in the way I want to love it. If that makes sense, it's it's yeah, strange, no. But yeah, you just wish you didn't have to deal with that. Like, because for me, like the Horizon games are clearly amazing games that deserve high praise, and it's always going to be limited to me by the fact you have to fight those damn robots. And yeah, you know, that's not that's not the game's fault. So, but yeah, I'm really enjoying my time. The game's beautiful. I kind of wish I was playing it on favor resolution mode because it is one of the most beautiful games ever yeah but i just want the performance i want the 60 frames so i'm playing it on favor performance even with that game's beautiful uh and i'm having a lot of fun i really think i'm gonna like this one more than the first one it seems oh, to really? be more it looks beautiful yeah, one of the, it's beautiful dude and one of the comments that really uh, from reviewers that really resonated with me is mm-hmm. they've designed it's a huge open world but they've designed it so that you can play it very casually, naturally, as a point-to-point story linear action adventure game. And I'm probably going to dip into the open world stuff and explore a bit, mm-hmm. but I'm probably going to keep it very much like on the main story path so I can have that narrative and that world and characters. And I'm, I'm pretty satisfied with it. I, I'm enjoying it. And, uh, man, Aloy is just such an amazing character. I, they really, it's, what an awesome another mascot to add to the roster for Sony. Yeah, they got another her. one. That's um, all it takes. It's all it takes ever, is an originality. Yeah, if, if the games are ever like on super sale and you're bored one day, Josh, in the future, I think you would, I think you'd get probably more enjoyment out of it than even me. Um, I think, I, I think you're on the same page. I own the thing, first but. one's complete edition and I probably played like the initial like prologue is it, but it's one of those things, every time I start to play it, I'm like, no, I'm always on this other game, and I need to yeah. just finish this thing up. And I'm also, like, you you know, kind of like you said, I just want to play on easier modes, because I tend to get way too into RPGs, and then I don't get to play anything else. And i gotta, yeah. I got to better balance my shorter experiences with my longer ones. The TLDR uh, game seems great. I think I'm really going to enjoy it. And I think uh, PlayStation fans out there have got a great exclusive. Uh, we made a post on Sacred Icon about, yeah. hey, this is PlayStation's time to shine with their exclusive, and... That's awesome. I mean, I'm really enjoying. It. I'm I'm glad I can use my PS5 to play a, a really fun game like this, and I, it's just great. I'm I'm excited to get back to it. I mean, after 
our podcast is going to be about roughly an hour and a half because I'm going to run to see the Uncharted movie after this. Yes, and I'm seeing Josh, it tomorrow, so that's exciting. I'm seeing it tomorrow. Yeah. I'm excited to see uh, that. A couple but, other things, real quick, Brian, yeah. if you're ready to move on. Uh, a couple of well, actually, forward. I was going to I was going to bring up Rings of Power next, but do you, oh yeah, do you go no, let's, that's another one to go into. Yeah, what do you think yeah. of the trailer? What do you think of the trailer? Interesting, a uh, mixed bag, mixed bag all around, but uh, I'm still open for you or for everyone. For me, but I do see okay. that for everyone, and uh, I know you're really excited for it, and. Hmm. About the beard thing, which I see come up a lot. That's the most. It's so sure. funny. Yeah. It's so. It's like both asinine and it both makes sense. I mean, to I me. don't give a crap about the beard. Thing. There's a there's a huge part of me that's like it's weird to get upset about that. Yet at the same time, I I don't know. I get it, and I'm just so I'm like indifferent because I'm like yeah I want it, but also there. I, well, look, apparently Tolkien never uh, said dwarf women had beards. Well, I think they mentioned that though in Two Towers, and I can't tell if they're trying to like they did. But it also be it consistent a joke. with that. Yeah, I know. But I'm like, man, I don't know. It's just, it's they rough. They had and, beards. Josh, I don't know if you knew this. There's there's bearded dwarf women in uh, the Hobbit. Yeah, I'm pretty sure there was in there. Yeah, so like, they're, why they're, they're at an extreme distance on the camera? Like, yeah, they're out, it's like it's like a wide shot. I feel of like I've seen a screenshot of that before, but that's why I'm like, yeah. why does this person not have it? But also, like, why are people so upset about it? But Maybe she shaved. Exactly, she could have shaved, but uh, but again, I'm, I, it's one of those things where it's like, damn, is it is it? It's not gonna matter when the actual show comes out a year after Rings of Power season one is done. People are gonna be like, they lost me at the beard. I could never get past the beard. <laughs> yeah. But that's not gonna be what it's about. Honestly, here's the problem I have. Okay, visually, I'm totally fine with everything kind of looking different. I, I think the trailer just needed the right music, and that music that was there just didn't really fit with it to you me. You think it visually looks different? Doesn't it just look like Lord of the Rings? It doesn't to me. It doesn't. Really? But um, but I'm excited for it. There's shots that do look like it. There's shots that don't look like it. I think what's mind-boggling is apparently like Sauron is still somehow the BBEG. He's still the bad guy of this. How the fuck is it not Morgoth when you have the two trees of no. Balamor there? I'm so Gosh, confused I, by this. I mean, oh, yeah. Morgoth was defeated at the end of the first age. Sauron was always the big bad of the second right, age. Right, but the two trees of Valinor in the very first screenshot we got are still up. That that that, ain't, that shouldn't be right. The two like Sauron took Ungoliant there and she sucked out all the light from the two trees, which was like electricity from Middle Earth, and they were just yeah. sapped and gone. But yet in the picture that we see, they're still up. But yet it takes place in a different age where Morgoth is like, Oh, that's done. Why that doesn't make sense. It seems like they're trying to do their own kind of like hodgepodge canon with it. And I'm going to watch it. I'm going to enjoy it as is, you know, because Hobbit took a lot of liberties and I love the Hobbit movies. But man, Morgoth is my favorite Middle Earth character and I would have liked to really seen him in this. And when I saw the two trees of Valinor, I got super excited because I thought we're going to see like Ungoliant. Guys, for you don't know when Ungoliant sucks out the juices from the two trees, she becomes like HP Lovecraftian Cthulhu scale sized, like almost like just Cosmo sized and get, I mean, it's kind of a, a you know, fill in the blanks because he doesn't, Tolkien never really outright says how big, but gets super big and gets so big to the point that it wants the Silmarils, I think that um, Morgoth has. And at this point, Morgoth, who is like super tired from all this, this battling stuff like that, is like, no, like you've already got all this shit that you just fed on and everything. You can't have this. She attacks him and then he summons all his Balrogs to attack her in order for him to flee and escape because she's too powerful now. So, like, I would have loved to have seen this sort of like cosmic, well, not cosmic, but just this Lovecraftian like skill or ev- enemy and entity between those two characters in this show and we're not going to see that. So I'm kind of bummed because it well, just... it's always possible we could see in a flashback, but I don't mean this to sound like criticizing Josh, but I guess I'm 
I guess I'm surprised you thought that would be there because it was set in the Second Age. Well, you know? I wasn't surprised initially, and then I saw the two trees that are lighting up and everything like that. It might be there in flashbacks. I mean, I think because they, they can use all of the appendices, which means they could do they could do that entire. I thing honestly think, Brian, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure what they're doing is they're just taking different points of canon from those, and they're just creating their own hodgepodge canon within that. Well, age. I don't think they're going too much by they're the They're time compressing the second age because it's thousands of years. There's no way to right, do the show and that's also time. why a lot of these characters are original, is because you know they don't have they don't actually have the rights to the Silmarillion yeah. and stuff like that. So that's a yeah. whole big other reason why we're not getting more goth and stuff like that. So I don't know. I'm going to go into it with an open mind. I think, but they, I'm a get, I think they have the rights to more goth through the appendices, don't they? Probably through that. But again, they're still limited. Like, I think that's why they probably, they probably would have done stuff with more goth. And I could be people. wrong, but I think the biggest issue that I heard from fans is that, you know, Tolkien created all of these characters and lineages yeah. for the Second Age, mm-hmm. and they are using new made-up characters yeah. instead of the lineage because they don't have the rights to yep. the lineage. So I can't really be mad because they don't have the rights. What am I supposed to, you know, like, how can I get mad at them, I guess? I mean, they don't have the rights. No, I get it. <laughs> Tolkien, that's why it's Tolkien just, State it's, won't let them have it. That's why I always say, too, it's just when it comes to adaptations, it's like I don't get too hung up over that stuff because it's like I'm at, on one part, I'm like, I, I get, I'm bummed about this. But the other part, I'm like, I'm just going to let it be what it's going to be and see what story they want to tell because it's like the Middle Earth, or I'm sorry, the Lord of the Rings trilogy already took a lot of liberties itself. Didn't even have Tom Bombadil in there. Didn't need them, but it didn't have them. And uh, then The Hobbit took even more. This is going to take even more than that. So uh, overall, hey, I'm just happy that we're getting a new Lord of the Rings show. It's gonna it's gonna make all the the uh, the previous stuff recent again in pop culture, and we need that. I'm so tired of not seeing merch. I can go anywhere and find a fucking Star Wars shirt, but I can't. Yeah, I can't. I don't see many Lord of the Rings shirts, and what they are, are just kind of basic and simple. So I'm ready to see this stuff kind of uh, usher that back into the forefront of things. Well, I mean, my, my opinion on the trailer, um, I guess, if I'm being honest, so here's the interesting thing, right? You know, you know, Josh, when like you want to be really excited for something and you want to be portrayed as this huge fan of something. Okay. Sometimes there's the there's the allure, there's the temptation to to watch a new trailer for Marvel, Star Wars, Halo, mm. Lord of the Rings, and after it gets done, to just go, holy shit, that was amazing! Yeah. Oh my god, I cannot believe it because you. You want to portray with Dominion, <laughs> like you want to portray that this means a lot to you, yeah. to the people around you. So you kind of get uh, hyperbolic about it. Oh, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Okay. So I follow you. The the temptation was there to do that with the Lord of the Rings trailer because Lord of the Rings is my favorite thing of all time. But when I watched the trailer, my honest thoughts were zero complaints, but. Uh, it was pretty neutral. I mean, the trailer didn't show off anything to get me excited or anything to blow me away. So I blow saw it and I just away. blow me away. Um, it didn't really, uh, it didn't really do much. Like uh, when people say the term, it didn't really do much for me. That usually has a negative contact. And I uh, do shit. Um, that's not what I mean. There's, I have no, I, I have no complaints with the trailer whatsoever. But it didn't like get me hype. You know what I mean? Like uh, it was oh, just kind of like the same way. It was kind of like, well, that's uh, that's a trailer for Rings of Power. All right, <laughs> let's go back to the football game. Like it didn't, you. I guess I would have thought after all this talk of the money and the hype, they would have really brought it for a teaser to get people go like, holy shit. Because yeah. even for comparison, the Halo TV series trailer did the holy shit thing much better than than Lord of the Rings. So that shit. On- I watched that and I'm like, whoa, high charity, damn, that's an elite. Holy shit, Chief. Oh, I saw my dad's 65-inch TV recently, and I was like, damn, this show looks fucking they, good. It was a hype trailer 
for for Halo. Dude, so good. Uh, they didn't they didn't bring the hype for uh, Rings of Power. Now you know what that may have been intentional. Like Lord of the Rings is a more, for lack of a better term, it's a little more highbrow than Halo. So maybe they weren't going for blow you away with bombastic action. It was more of a hey, check out this world we've created in, in Tolkien verse. You know. So yeah. But ultimately, um, it's just as excited for it. But I'll admit the trailer was just kind of meh. You know. So yeah. Uh, what else do we have to talk about, Josh? I know we don't got a lot of time. No, yeah, yeah. So. Uh, the last two things to talk about before we move into the business is Jurassic World Dominion and Multiverse of Madness. The trailer was really good as someone who's not a big fan. I, well, okay, not a big fan also sounds bad. I am a fan of Jurassic Park. Nothing wrong with that. But I'm not but I'm not like a big fan like Josh. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looked really good to me. I thought it looked really good. Yeah, it was really, <laughs> I got, it got super roasted by Jeff, and I was like, Jeff, shut up, man. Let me enjoy this. Let me have this. By it's Jeff, like, your friend Jeff? Yeah, by Jeff. Okay. I sent him this, because he was like, <laughs> he was like going off about how you see, and I get it. Out of context, you're watching the trailer, and you just see these dinosaurs roaming in like an actual like city of some kind. It looks so weird when you see like Chris Pratt on this motorbike and stuff. You're like, what the fuck? What's, well, it almost like, Feels like the Fast and Furious type stuff where it just goes. Uh, to me, it kind of reminded me of uh, Horizon because, but instead okay. of dinosaurs, it's Robo dinosaurs. Yeah. Well, I'm happy because it's like this is it's so cool to see where they're coming off of Fallen Kingdom and Battle at the Big Rock. I'm I'm just really excited for that. I was it was like that's another thing that was kind of cool back in the day of JP One. It was like, well, what happens if they ever all got out? And Jurassic Park Two came out. It was like, oh, we have a site B. They don't really get out. And the Dress War 3 is kind of this. Like, the, each time they do a movie, they never quite got out. And then World was like, we're going to kind of reset a little bit. And, like, what if the park did actually open? They tell that story. Then Fallen Kingdom gets us to where we're going with this. And it's like, I'm really happy. I'm really happy where it seems to be going. And mainly because Sam Neill's back, my boy, and Jeff Goldblum and Laura Dern. And, of course, B.D. Wong and stuff like that, too. But, uh, damn, dude, actually, I, my biggest concern, Brian, was, like, is Sam Neill going to be kind of like, I'm not trying to diss on Last Jedi whatsoever. Not at all. Genuinely. But I was like, is he going to be more like Luke Skywalker where he's more relegated to like a mentor role? Isn't really in the, the action, so to speak, because he is older. But no, there's at least two sequences where he's like, he, one of them, he's holding up like a fucking like lead pipe or something like that. And another one, he's standing there with Chris Pratt. We see uh, the, the cast from both trilogies together on screen and I was like and again I don't mean this as a diss but I was like this is what I wanted with Force Awakens or this is what I wanted with the sequel trilogy so much and I'm seeing all these rebooted soft rebooted franchises start to do this stuff and I'm just like really happy and and if anything it's not even a diss on Last Jedi it's more of a diss on Force Awakens for not giving us that but um, I, I'm just like so happy to see that uh, Sam Neill was huge for me I remember going to the store my grandpa taking me and I got an action I, he was like you can get one toy could have got a T-Rex I wanted Sam Neill with a pterodactyl I wanted Alan Grant so I'm excited to see this and uh, uh, can't wait to see where it's gonna end and stuff I haven't even watched that five minute prologue that's out at this point I'm just like no I want to go see it all fresh so I'll see pretty it excited and all the different it. the different dinosaurs that are showing up in this as well as some of the familiar ones and stuff so Pretty cool. Uh, Josh, hit me up with the sound of Sam Neill feeling having there's a shadow coming down over him, a huge shadow. He looks up and a giant pair of T Rex balls is about to drop onto him. <laughs> Fuck you, man. <laughs> Don't move. Wait, no no no. He's I gotta be slightly all Australian. Don't don't move. Those are some big bangers. <laughs> Look at them swingers. Look at him swinging. <laughs> Look at them swinging, swinging. You just reminded me of. Yeah, you ever <laughs> he seen doesn't even Haunted sound Mansion? like it. He's, he's Australian in real life, but he doesn't actually say. He doesn't use the accent. In the movie. You ever seen Haunted Mansion, the Disney movie with Eddie Murphy? Oh, yeah, the tears of joy. 
Okay, yeah. So what you're you reminded me of was, uh, and, and you got to think here when this movie came out. This is a Disney movie for ki- children, and it's got Eddie Murphy, and they get up to the mansion for the first time, and he looks at the door and he goes, "Look at them knockers! Those are some huge knockers." It was a and different. I'm just thinking like it's a different. My mom time. was shaking her head because I'm like, we're all a little, we're pretty young, we're younger, and it's like, <laughs> why'd they put that joke in a Disney movie? <laughs> we, it was a different time, man. Crazy, crazy yeah. different. Yeah, no, 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 uh, no, but no. no, it looks really good. I'll see it at least opening week. I'll try, probably try to see it opening weekend. Do you think you're going to rewatch week. the movies to kind of like get the recontextualization? I will if it's easy for me to do. If I have to go purchase them all, probably not. But if I can watch it, to, I own the first one. And world, I think if I if I can watch the rest through streaming or borrowing, I'm gonna have to share you my movies anywhere account. Yeah. I think they're on HBO Max or something. I think they're somewhere. But yeah. yeah, if I can watch them, I probably will do that. But if I have to literally go buy them, it probably won't happen. Yeah, we might do a big uh, mega episode of that, guys. Preceding the yeah, we can do a Jurassic Park episode, episode absolutely. But yeah, either um, on this or something, we'll do something. What's that? What was the last thing you want to talk about? Uh, Multiverse of Madness. I'm just really excited for this. Um, the trailer showed up. To, we got like a TV spot for that. And honestly, I'm not the biggest Doctor Strange fan, but like. I'm just really excited to see where they're going with this plot. I'm not a Wanda fan, but everyone else around me really likes Wanda, and it's so the funny. Wanda simping is crazy, dude. It's nuts. It's really not. It's definitely there, and I'm just like, she's totally dying in this movie, and everyone's like, I don't think so. And also, why? Why do you hate her so much? And we got, I got, I got in this huge debate at work about this because I was like, she doesn't really have character development. She like de, like the, I mean, it's kind of cool in a way, but in WandaVision, she de evolves as a character because of what she goes through with her grief. So she kind of goes backwards, which is like actually kind of cool, but in the other sense, for me subjectively, I just didn't enjoy that because I'm like, stop being fucking depressed all the time. I'm just so annoyed. Like every time she runs into somebody that she doesn't know, or she, I guess she knows a little bit, she's like, "You took this from me. You took that from me. You took this from me." I'm like, "Okay, all right, all right, Wanda, you just go cry me, cry, cry in the corner." I'm just like. Let's, I want to see some character development from characters who grow and get better and become better people and all that kind of shit. But she's struggling, and you know, I just whatever they're gonna I'm do. I'm gonna Wanda, say I'm immune to this, yeah. but I really don't. For the most part, I really don't do the whole character simping thing. Obviously, I have favorites. I mean, um, but I'm definitely I, I'm not in the same boat as you because I love me some Tariel and the Merkwood. Mm. Yeah, you are a Tariel simp. I am a Tariel simp all day, every day. I mean, days the, the character the character that I that talk most sense. about, like. <laughs> The character I talk most about caring about is Frodo because Frodo's my favorite character. It's actually Frodo. really cool because Fro- Frodo's my favorite character of all time. And uh, we were actually at the Super Bowl party, and Erica said to me, "Well, somebody was asking like which hey, which uh, Lord of the Rings character would you be?" And I was like, "I'm always picking Frodo." And then somebody was like, "Why wouldn't you pick Aragorn or anybody? Why would you pick him?" And then even Erica was like, "Why would you pick Frodo? Because he just ends up like sad and alone." And, and I'm like, "And I'm like, well, because I feel like you know, I feel like I relate to the character." And she's like, "How?" And I was like. I was like, well, it might sound stupid, but I'm like, you know, Frodo was like a simple, happy, like, hobbit that... Frodo was, was a simple hobbit at the age of 55. Yeah. I was like, he was just like a, he was a simple hobbit that uh, didn't want, was just happy with a, the, a normal life, and then was, he was thrust into this whole War of the Ring thing, yeah. and was subjected to it, and had it change his entire life, and essentially... Um, make him never be able to go back to being the simple hobbit he once was. And I told Erica, I was like, the reason I relate to him so much is because that's how I see myself with childhood. Like, I just had a fun, happy life. I didn't think about death. I didn't think about worries. You know, I just, you know, I love my parents, love my family, just got to play games and be happy. And then once I grew up and life went on and you start to realize the realities of life and sicknesses and illnesses and death and 
bills and having to just accept the realities of life, it's like you you change and you realize there's no going back. And like that's that's why I relate. It's not the same. Obviously, Frodo, you know, his quest is different than I love the Frodo simping that life. is actually going on here right now. <laughs> I, mean, I love it. I said I like the Frodo simping that's going on right now. Yeah, but like that's that is that's why I relate to the character so yeah, much because I'm right, like the way I feel about like I look back at my childhood and how much I miss it and wish I could relive it, yeah. but I can't. It's gone forever. You know, I'll never never be the same. And that's, that's how Frodo is, like right? Like he can't return to the Shire and just live a happy life and get a wife and have kids. He's changed forever. You know, like mm-hmm. I, it's same. It's, it's not just me. It's for you too, Josh. Like. We are changed forever. Childhood's over. It's gone. So I love can, so many characters can, in that franchise. We can uh, revel in it, but Tariel, there's no going back. And, and Sam, and even in, in Boromir too, in opposite extent. But I love the like Tariel's so cool because it's like I mean I got to summarize this real quick before we get out of here. But um, I love Tariel because it's like dude, it's like she's a character who like everyone around her is like everyone else is bad. We need to just like stick together, and it's like Mirkwood pride, and it's like no, 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 no. And then she like has a heart that's bigger than that, and wants to give people in other places other chances and stuff like that. Love that about her character. Samwise, there's some good in this world. It's worth fighting for. He just always wants to see the good. Always find he's the light in the dark. You know, he's that little light bulb that still comes on and shows you, tries to show you the way out. I love that about his positivity. Boromir, on the flip end, this is a character who like is totally like not self-interested, but he's got like his dad and, and him and Faramir just look up to their dad, Denethor, so much. Pride. And he's, I mean, he's caught up in trying to bring home that responsibility because, you know, his dad puts that on his shoulder to like save all that uh, of Gondor and stuff. And it's like, he, he inevitably like goes, you know, the ring kind of manifests and, and, and fosters that negative energy and uh, he gets corrupted by it. And it's like, everyone's susceptible to that. I love, I love those characters for those reasons, but uh, I know I get it, man. I get it. Get I'll it. just make one. I'll make one short statement on Multiverse of Madness. I am excited for that. Yeah, but I, I forgot don't about that when we started talking about. Frodo. I know, like it's like, oh, Lord of the Rings, Lord, <laughs> Lord of the Rings. I um, love it. Trailer looked great. I'm excited. I uh, Doctor Strange isn't my favorite character either, but I do think he's an amazing character in general. Mm. Uh, the movie looks great. I love Sam Raimi directing again because I love Sam Raimi's movies. Right. Um, uh, if Professor X shows up and they usher in X Men stuff, you get Patrick Stewart there. That's pretty badass. I'm looking forward to that. That'll be a. I'll see that opening weekend. I'm excited for that movie. That's really all I got to say about it, Josh. If I'm ready to go to business when you. Oh no, yeah, I don't think there's anything time. else. I mean, uh, the last thing I heard was that there's going to be a new Star Trek film with like the the cast back from the other. Trilogy. Oh yeah, I'll I'm watch like, it. That's that's crazy. Uh, it's nice to see the Abrams verse still kind of continuing through that uh, funnel. But uh, yeah, I mean, I'll see it. A lot of just a lot of new news recently. A lot of crazy. Paramount stuff Plus had like a blowout. You know, season they two of Halo TV series, uh, Blues Clues movie. Uh, all kinds they were of blowing out people's backs with all that news. <laughs> well, okay, Josh. <laughs> we're uh, at the end of the Josh. episode. Let's go into the business. Well, yeah, why don't you give me that review real quick, that review we had. Oh, yes, we did and get while a review. You're, while, yeah. while you're pulling that up, let me just say, guys, I'll make this real short and sweet. Uh, if you want to support us monetarily, there's a lot of benefits you can get at patreon.com slash sacred icon. Uh, if you can't do that, leave a review. We'd appreciate it. Share the podcast. We love you guys. Everyone's welcome to join us in the Discord. Get to know us. We'd love to meet you. If you want to send us a voice clip or an email, you can send that to sacrediconpodcast at gmail.com. If you want to follow Josh on Twitter, he is at Jurassic Joshy. He's your guy for Jurassic News. Also him and Tom Jurassic. Definitely Tom, uh, Tom Jurassic. Jurassic. Thank you, Brian. Tom Jurassic that. first, but I'm just yeah. trying to help. <laughs> I love here. you for that. No, no, no. Uh, and then uh, me at Brian's Bane, or if you want to follow us on the Sacred Icon account, it's at Sacred Icon Pod. Josh, what's our review? A review is from our buddy Neil from Fox Unit at Red Fox M18. Uh, dude, love you so much. Thank you in advance. Uh, he says, the real deal, five stars. That's what we love to see. Brian and Josh are two of the coolest people you will meet who also happen to like Halo 
and provide an entertaining show about it. They're super interactive with our audience, and we appreciate them. Neil, man, I love you so much. I put out a third tweet asking for some more iTunes reviews or Apple Pod reviews because we hadn't had one in a while. It was a bit of a drought. Brian and I were thirsting for some hot review beverage action, and you gave it. You delivered, and thank you so much for what you said, man. It's It feels good, um, and we definitely try to interact. We, we definitely try to interact, and that's so much fun I really, to do. I really appreciate that because, uh, you know, we need to hear stuff like that to keep going when there's uh, – a lot you know, of negativity of out stuff. there. So. Yeah. No, it really does mean um, a lot. Brian said it back. Yeah. There. Thank you so much thank for doing that review, dude. We love you, man. I'm so glad. I'm so, uh, Shout out to High Potion Podcast. Um, the Stephen Hawes over there are great, and that's where Neil came from, uh, from hearing us get referenced over there. So if, if we get referenced a lot over there, thanks to those guys. So go and check them out. And, and Neil, thank you. Thank you so much. Josh, do you have the patron pulled up? Because I got logged out and don't know the password. So if we can't oh, get it immediately, shit. we're going to. Well, you know, we won't be able to do the patron shout-outs if, if that's the case, which would be horrible. Um, let but me see. I don't know. I don't, I don't, you obviously don't say it while we're recording, but do you know our password? <laughs> I forgot it. No, I got it. I got it on the list. Guys, we will have to get to it next week. Uh, and, yeah, it's super to, unfortunate, yeah. guys. Um, but we will I, make I would, sure and get to it. I want to. I would just. What I want to do right now is just starting starting to shout them out by name off the top of my head, but I know I would leave You don't want to leave somebody out. No, I get that. Mr. Yeah. Mr. Considerate over there, guys. We uh, we we. I mean, let me let me take a moment to be serious and say, like, we really appreciate the patron support. Um, it's obviously went down since Halo came out, and that's fine. That's completely understandable. But we still have a lot of supporters that have been helping us a lot, and it, it means a ton to us. We really we really want to give a patron shout out right now, but. I have to leave for a movie in ten minutes. Yeah, but we, we will we will make sure we make it up to you guys not, with with the next one we do yeah. together. We, we may have a guest logged on next out week, the, but but uh, yeah, that's where my list is at is on the patron and it's I'm logged out. So uh, and me and Josh we have to share our passwords because we share everything yeah. and we always are resetting it. I got it. I got it written down. Password. I did make note of it last time. I just stopped bringing it up after the episode. But uh, no, yeah. What Brian yeah, said, guys. Thank you think, so much for the patron support. What's up, Brian? I think in the history of Sacred Icon, this is literally the first time we haven't shouted out people. Because of a time or like logout constraint, yeah, yeah, which is okay. But no, just no, guys, so. no guys, and you guys know this, but know that we seriously appreciate it, and it and it really does mean a lot. Because even though, yes, it's it's money you're pledging and stuff like that, and yes, that does help us. Uh, honestly, it really it's it's more like a compliment in of itself. It feels like you guys are really communicating how you feel about us, even if it's just a dollar. It really does mean yeah. a lot, and we beat that over the the bone. You know, we say it all the time, but it it just it's people deserve to feel appreciated for stuff, and. and you know, Brian and I are the kind of people that don't feel like people. We feel like people can always do more, so we always want to do more with that and make you guys feel uh, appreciated because that is a lot of money that goes out and stuff like that. We'll try so to do something. Yeah. We'll try to do something a little special to make up for it. Either we'll give you a longer shout out next podcast, or maybe maybe since you know it's it'll be on Patreon. Your you, the Patreon shout outs for you guys. Maybe I'll put on uh, put a voice clip on Patreon of of me just shouting out. The names uh, separate. We'll figure Josh something out. And we'll figure something out. We'll do something like that, guys. But I'm sure you guys understand we have the best community ever. Um, if I ever talk, if I ever say I'm disappointed or frustrated with the Halo community, <laughs> it never includes anyone. No, and you know what's so funny is at the beginning of the episode we're like all like frustrated and stuff. We get to the end of the episode having a great time because we're not talking about the toxicity yeah. that's going on and the politics you know, and of it, it. Yeah, and you know it 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 almost seems self indulgent to say, well, yeah, we we love our community, but you know our community's. You know, you can only give so much credit to us because our community is all the people in it that are exhibiting 
being awesome fans and being great people. Like we we can do our best to try to like foster a good environment, but it's really the people there that are making it so great. And we have, you know, whether it's the podcast or the Discord, we have you know a thousand plus people yeah. um, that are that are making up this community and. We really appreciate you, and we love you guys. So, um, yeah, that's say? all I have to say, Josh, before we get out of here. You ready? Oh, same here. Yeah, I'm ready. Let's let's get out of here. I'm never ready, but I am ready. Yeah, guys, this was uh, another fun episode. Uh, we got a lot of good Halo conversation in, touched on some other things we're excited about. Josh and I could go on forever about all the stuff we're excited about in TV, movies, and games right now. And uh, Just let and us know you, if you want to hear more about that. We will be back in a week. Thank you guys so much for tuning into this episode of the Sacred Icon Podcast. Love you guys. And as always... Keep it sacred.